This is Logically Speaking. I'm Eric Kleinsorge. Logically Speaking is presented by Global Trade Magazine and sponsored by the World Economic Development Alliance. You can find out more at www.globaltrademag.com or join the thousands that have downloaded our app in the Apple iTunes Store. Logistics is the backbone of our world economy. It is transformed into a technologically complex matrix in order to make our day-to-day lives more simple. If your company or community thrives on the quality of your logistics, then you want to peek behind the curtains and see what topics and people are driving this exploding industry. Each episode, we peel back those curtains and dive into the topics you want to know about and the people who are forging new developments in logistics. Why? It's logistical. Executives in the know simply want to know more. This episode, our correspondent Steve Lowry sits down with Ben McLean, CEO of Ruon. Ben shares with us what has kept Ruon an industry leader in logistics for over 85 years. Now, enjoy the show. We'd like to uh, welcome to the show Ben McLean, CEO of Ruon Transportation. Uh, ben is, as we said, CEO, and if you happen to take the time to check out his accomplishments, you'll feel very minimal, very less than, and I don't want my wife to see it because Ben has accomplished so much, and I have to make excuses about not taking out the trash, so thanks a lot for that, Ben. Hey, welcome, uh, welcome for being here and to talking to us, Ben. Thank you very much for having me. Hey, Ben, we always like to start out by asking people, what is it that is getting them up early in the morning? What is it about their company that gets them excited and into the office? These days at Ruan, what are you excited about? Sure. Well, you know, there's a, there is a whole lot of things to be excited about right now, both in our company and our broader industry. Mm-hmm. And I just share, we celebrated our 85th anniversary this past summer. So obviously that's a big milestone for any organization. We're all excited about that. But what it reminds us of is that our company was founded in 1932, really at the depths of the Great Depression by our founder, John Ruan. But we wouldn't have been around for 85 years unless the the culture of innovation and willingness to change and evolve along with our customers and our industry w- was not a core part of what we do. And that's continued to allow us to thrive in the markets that we serve. Many would know us as a, as a large, dedicated transportation provider, a, a lot of fleets for a lot of, a lot of major uh, uh, shippers across many different industries. And it's, it's somewhat logical that if you see the Ruan name on the side of a, of a semi-tractor trailer driving down the side of the road, we're a bit more visible in that market. Uh, so that's, that continues to be a, a core and a, a backbone of our business as it has for 85 years. For over 20 years, some of the things that, that I would share that are, are equally as exciting and very, very active right now from a growth standpoint is for over 20 years we've been involved not just in moving freight on dedicated assets with our employee drivers, professional drivers that we bring to operations on behalf of shippers, but we've also been involved in all of the technology, the planning, the optimization, the warehousing, 
the, the effective and efficient movement of goods and raw materials in supply chains. And that's really more of our supply chain solutions business. Mm. And really after almost two decades of being in that market with a number of very important uh, operations, we made a strategic decision to, to more deeply invest, to replatform, so very significant investments in technology, but also the growth of our team and the growth of experts who could use those new platforms to even elevate the service that we provide to our customers. So this is a lot of the logistics and supply chain services that the, the, the lay person or someone on the, on the roadways would not see today, but we are mm-hmm. involved in a, in a significant number of, of supply chains where, we're, where we are the intelligence, the people, the process, mm-hmm. technology that is planning all of, all, of that, uh, all of the movement of that freight. So that's been a really exciting, fast-growing part of our business and a really nice complementary piece along with our dedicated fleets. Let me ask you about the technology, Ben, because I think maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago when you talked about technology, a company had time maybe to take that new technology, test it somewhere away from their daily operations, and then maybe slowly integrated it into their supply chain. Today it seems like technology, as soon as it appears, it is, it's kind of on the playing field. It's in the game. Everything, everybody is kind of racing for the, the new, the best. When you're working with a new technology, how do you handle it as far as making sure that this technology works and making sure that your customers are getting the absolute uh, cutting-edge technology available? You bet. And, that, and that, that is one reason that our industry is so exciting, both in our fleet area where we employ a whole lot of technology to, to move freight with our assets and our professional drivers, but also in this, in this supply chain uh, set of services where we're running so many of the systems and optimizing freight and managing carriers and all the payment and, and settlement that goes along with moving all that freight. In both of those core services of ours, there has been great advancements in technology. So I'm in my 11th year at Ruan. I, had a, uh-huh. I have a technology background. And in my time here, I've, I've really been uh, impressed and, uh, and proud of the work that our, that our technology teams have done and delivered. Because in my 10-plus years here, we've replaced and upgraded just about every major system that we used. We were on some old technology when I joined Ruan in 2007, and it was not able, uh, we were not able to update it, to interface it, and to, to connect it with new capabilities as quickly as we wanted to be able to do. So it did modify our strategy a bit because we, we, moved, we moved from something of a build it all in, in your own house and offer any new capability you're going to do through all of your own people to really, to, to really looking at the broader market and realizing there are a lot of great partners out there that are, that are providing some new cutting-edge technology that we need to get into our to, – we need to get to our customers and we need to do it quickly. So we've evolved a bit into, uh, you know, a, still a very good deal of custom development where it makes sense and where strategically we think we need to, to build and test and deploy that on our own. But also mm-hmm. there's just a lot of great partners and, and software that we've integrated 
and delivered uh, to our customers you know, much more quickly than we would have done just on our own. So, so part of that speed to market is a recognition that, there's some, that there are some good partners out there and, and how you collaborate with them uh, it really, really can impact how quickly you can, you can serve your customers. I would say in terms of testing, as we think uh-huh. about technology in, in the trucks themselves, yeah. You know, from a safety standpoint, you know, we, we, we will always ensure that our testing in, in that new technology is done with, safe, with, with a focus on safety first. And that's mm-hmm. just, that's just a, an underlying foundation of, of how we operate. But as you look at the new technology that's coming into, tr- into the, the, the trucks themselves, uh, we've seen just incredible safety benefits from... Mm. You know the radar that 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 is now on the on the front of every one of the trucks we buy, and so that radar is 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 looking at the the objects in front of the truck, usually other uh, other vehicles moving in traffic, assessing their speed, the distance from those uh, from those vehicles, and if there's a need uh, to to increase following distance, brake the truck. The, you know the, every truck we buy today has those systems. And so th- those are some of the systems that, you know, we actually uh, we made a decision that that those were simply the right types of investments to make, and right. where where it's related specifically to technology, we've been more willing, I would say, to to pilot more quickly and move into move some of those into to broader uh, purchasing and production, but we. You know, so there, I think there's a, a dual answer there. We've always yeah. got to focus on safety, uh, but where so much of this technology exists, we're finding the right partners because there's just a, a, a number doing a great, a lot of great work out there. And obviously, there's there's some technology that we know that based on what our customers need, that's yeah. just be something we're going to develop in in house internally ourselves. And let, it, let me ask. Oh, go oh, ahead. Sorry, Ben. Go ahead. Well, I would just some, some of some of the internally developed technology right now, mobility. I mean, you're seeing it with your own mobile devices. I mean, that's been another trend in our industry where, if done yeah. safely, and there's a lot of work to to be done there to ensure that mobile devices and transportation uh, are are used together safely. But where they are, there is such a, a close uh, connection that that we can provide to the very specific delivery environments that we're in uh, that, that allow us to really serve our customers well. So you'd see mobility as one of those areas where uh, there's just a lot, of, a lot of good work being done and a lot of new capabilities being offered to our customers. Ben, you mentioned something. You know, uh, an issue back, we did our uh, top 3PL um, issue, and one of the CEOs we spoke to mentioned kind of the challenge of what he called the Amazon effect, which is pretty much now when people order something online, they expect to hear the doorbell five minutes from then. You know what I mean? Everything, they want it now. Do you find that your clients in the past, I don't know, half dozen, ten years, that those expectations, their expectations have gone up also? Do they expect stuff quicker? Do they expect more transparency? Have expectations in general gone up with your customers? Without a doubt, there's there is no question that they have, and so that's really driven that's really driven and allowed us to to offer some important capabilities that uh, that we feel have helped differentiate us in the market. Certainly related to visibility, and we've done 
we've done a lot of work there over the, the past years to really, uh, to really improve the way that, that we're able to offer visibility to our customers because we've got a number of different delivery environments. Some are multi-stop to, to multiple different customers of, of our shipping customer. And so there's, there ends up being a lot of different requirements when you're doing perhaps a multi-stop delivery like this in terms of what stop can our customers and their customers see, how do we secure that. And so there's been a lot of, a lot of work and advancement that we've made to ensure that our customers are, uh, especially from that tracking perspective, uh, that, that they've got great visibility. And so that's actually, I'd put that out as a differentiator for us because we've figured out how to do some things there. And that's one of those, how do you do that most quickly? And in yeah. that case, we've integrated with a really, with a really strong and effective partner that we've, we've got a great collaboration with. And, you know, we're both creating value for our customers together, and that's allowing their business to grow and ours as well. From an from a, from a, from a instant delivery or, or very shortened lead time to delivery, we're absolutely seeing that, and that, and that, that uh, expectation is being visited more. Really, a lot of our customers, depending on their industry, are seeing that. Certainly not all, but definitely right. in the retail environments. Grocery and, and, and retail are, is really one of our largest segments. So mm. very likely, one of the spots you may be buying groceries in your neck of the woods, you may see Rouen trucks delivering to those stores. Uh, and and the, the shift in mindset of how consumers want to uh, and how quickly they want the goods that they order and in what lot sizes and everything yeah. and, and all of those parameters, that has changed a lot. And mm -hmm. we've got a number of, of customers that are, that are managing their own strategies through that changing environment because yeah. I, I would say that, that like, any, like any disruptive technology or new technology, the, the market over time is going to assess how broad how broadly does this make sense? And from a yeah. cost perspective, what's sustainable? And so we'll cer Amazon's certainly been a, been a really fascinating disruptor. Yeah. And so how broadly and, and what set of goods and services we see that type of model uh, evolve to serve maybe is still, is still left to question uh, right. and, and left for us to learn. Uh, but we see it in a number of our supply chains that we are – that we are looking at how we can deliver the product more quickly and analyze the supply chain. Where is inventory held? How much inventory is held in those locations? And how quickly can we serve the major metro markets? Mm. Where we weren't doing as much final, smaller format, final mile deliveries several years ago, we're seeing we're right. doing more of that type of work today. We're looking at more of that close to metro market warehousing in our warehousing business. Uh, to, to address some of the evolving uh, ways in which consumers want to buy and, and take uh, possession of the goods that they purchase. And um, one line in your um, outrageous resume is that you are the current president of the Iowa Business Council. And um, we, uh, by the time this podcast is broadcast, I believe we'll be on the stand with our new uh, Top Cities for Global Trade special issue that we do every year. Now, in that, we always, we're talking about cities, of course, that are great for global trade. But basically, we're just talking about cities that are great for business, to do business in, that have great employees, that have great 
things for employees that are terrific about incentives, all those kinds of things. You're in a unique position because you are obviously run a private company, but you're also on this council that has kind of a public face to it. I'm just curious, when, if you were to talk to people who are running cities or even states, Ben, what are things that businessmen like you are looking for from the public sector? What kind of incentives, encouragement, transparency, what things are you looking for from them to make your business better? Sure. Yeah, and you mentioned that that uh, I'm the I am the chair of the Iowa Business Council right now, and and you mm -hmm. also mentioned that has a that really has a, a public a tight connection with the public mm -hmm. sector, and also a, a, across the state, it has a, a a vision to really enhance the economic vitality of Iowa, and and those that are part of this council, and as, as you would look at that list if you have a chance to review it, there is really an impressive group of very, very uh, sophisticated, large, successful companies with great leaders, and uh, from advanced manufacturing, financial services, grocery and retail, healthcare, um, among a number of others. But the, co the collective vision of that group as they come together is to make Iowa a better state and a more competitive state and a, and a, a, a strong state for job growth. Right. And as we look at the public sector engagement, and there is a lot of public sector engagement through that group. You know, I just mentioned Des Moines, and obviously it's a key city in Iowa, but, it, but you know, in large part, a lot of its success is because it is surrounded by a great state and a lot of these other very, very strong companies, you know, in and around the state. But as we look at the, the public sector and the engagement, there is something, especially in Iowa and in our, in our area, where there is a very uh, healthy and collaborative relationship between the public sector and, uh, and those of us in business that are looking to create jobs. And I think where there's a shared, where, where there is a shared belief that, that solid jobs, solid careers really create First, they create opportunities for citizens to take care of and raise their own families, but they create solid communities overall. When we've got the conditions that that support good job growth and the ability to create more jobs uh, on top uh, for further growth, and so so we look for, and I do hold Iowa and 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 Central Iowa and Des Moines out as an example, but we do look for those markets where. Regulations are sensible. You know, we know that mm -hmm. regulation is important, but also that, the, the, again, the conditions to create uh, new jobs and bring in new companies or allow existing companies to expand, mm -hmm. that shared belief uh, is something that I think our area has done well, and I think you've seen that. And so I, I'm pleased to hear that Des Moines will be a part of, of yeah, your, sure. your uh, the, the cities that, that receive some attention there. You know, I would say it... it it's it's probably a city and an area that's overlooked in a, in a lot of uh, by by many, and you see mm -hmm. that that um, uh, that you know we haven't grown as quickly in terms of population, and so for for those who who may not have considered Des Moines in, in our area, you know it is. I just share a few things about uh, about the area that that I think you'd find interesting. First, uh, the the Des Moines area specifically isn't invested, as I know other cities in Iowa have invested pretty significantly in being an inviting place for younger generations coming out of college and into the workforce 
to live and work. And so there's been a lot of focus on, uh, on ensuring that, that there is a vibrant community, there's social uh, opportunities, there's arts, there's recreation. Mm -hmm. Uh, as you look at the, the, the business leadership, a lot of that has been driven by business, but in partnership with, with the public sector. So again, that, that, uh, that uh, goal to create a good economic environment for jobs and for, for great careers. I look at the business leaders, and this is something that, uh, you know, you were, you were very kind in your comments about my resume, but, you know, there are a lot of, of very, very impressive leaders that I look up to in both uh, in the Des Moines area but across the state at, that are leading these Iowa Business Council institutions. And what we see and what I see that I think makes our area different, the, the, the responsibility that business leaders feel to make their communities stronger in the central Iowa area is very visible. I look at our United Way uh, the, the per capita giving for our United Way in Central Iowa, and as you may know, that's, that's, a, that's a community engagement and a community investment model, but it's really driven by business. And our per capita giving in, in the Central Iowa area, which includes Des Moines, is as high as it is anywhere in the country. In fact, I do think it's, it may be the, the, the number one per capita giving uh, United Way in, across the country. But, and that tells me something, and it tells me yeah. that that there is a shared belief that creating jobs is important for all the businesses here, but there's also this connection between creating great communities and places where people want to live and want to raise their families. Oh. And so I just, I just mentioned one other area in, around the public sector, and that's great K-12 through education. That's long been a, an important part for, for all of, uh, of Iowa. And then beyond K-12 through in the higher ed, uh, we've got Iowa State right up the uh, right up the highway from us, very close and very connected, and certainly very connected with Ruan as an organization. We're actually in their in their supply chain uh, classrooms and courses. Uh, Iowa State is is quite well known and has a very large supply chain program, and so th that interaction with the public sector, in this case the public universities, in terms of the the experiential learning that we're providing to students by bringing our technology into their supply chain classes and making it very real to them what they're studying and what their options are for uh, careers after uh, graduation. That's really allowed us to be successful. So you know, just really to summarize, overall we look for those, for those public-private partnerships that, that really have that shared belief about jobs and careers being just foundational for strong communities. You know, that seems a natural transition to speak about your company's founder, John Ruan, who was, if people don't know, they really should Google him. He was a tremendous humanitarian and the creator of the World Food Prize. And <clears throat> we don't play favorites here at Global Trade, of course, but I can tell you we have a very warm spot in our heart for Ruan because it seems that the spirit of your founder has always remained with the company. That you're not just a company that maybe gives money to a charity or something like that. You are intricately connected to it. And in fact, I think just recently some trucks of yours delivered some supplies down to Houston. Ben, can you talk about how John's legacy affects 
the company's view of what it is to be a good corporate neighbor, a good corporate citizen, and what a, what a company's place is in the world beyond doing what they do, you know, for money. You bet, and thank you for your for your recognition of our founder. He he was a really inspirational and incredible individual. And the story, it, it does go back to the very start because how he started the business really paved the way and, and set the stage for how he thought about his company's place and his own place uh, in in business, but more importantly, you know, in beyond in the world, but and it started as I shared in the Great Depression. Uh, John's father had had died younger than expected. The family, if it had any savings, those were lost in the stock market crash. And John was actually a student at Iowa State, and the family ran out of money, so he needed to drop out to support his own family. So he traded in a car for for a. a truck and started hauling gravel, interestingly, on July 4, 1932, so that, that important oh. holiday has double meaning for us at Ruan. Oh. But, but those, that early time for us has been referenced by, by John Ruan and had, had been referenced by him over time because he, he would share, he remembered what it was like to be hungry. So oh. as you look at what we do locally and nationally and globally, it, it is it is a it is all of us the leaders and everyone else involved at ruan thinking about the legacy he left and and you mentioned the world food prize that was one on the global stage where you know that 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 memory of of feeling hungry and and being yeah. food insecure led him to take a lot of the success he'd had because as as you would as you may know he was successful with this transportation logistics business but the, the he brought the he brought banking into the business and real estate and you know and other investments, and mm-hmm. he took the success of those investments later in his life and chose to endow the World Food Prize, and it was uh, he and Norman Borlaug who was who was an incredibly impressive individual that really brought the Food Prize back to prominence. Uh, they brought in Ambassador Ken Quinn, who I just ran into today in our offices. He is he is uh, working very hard to get ready for this October event. You, you may know the World Food Prize has its laureate event every October here in Des Moines. So he's he's a busy man right now. But but the work from those three and the investment and to endow the prize uh, was something that that John Ruan Sr. felt very strong about. And our people continue to, to be involved with the food prize today, whether it's whether it's volunteering, assisting the food prize with a lot of other corporate functions. Uh, but that that example set by John Run Senior is is something that that resonates both through the food prize, but you'd see annually as part of our 85th anniversary and as part of every anniversary prior to that. We do in July, I mentioned July 4 is the founding of our company with John's first load, but we recognize his philanthropic spirit. We have our people volunteering in the community, uh, and we're, we're uh, supporting all of our other uh, teams around the country to, to be a part of their own communities. And then you, you mentioned the, the, the difficult hurricane season we've had so far yeah. this year. And you, if you were able to see how our people on their own go and volunteer. Certainly we do a lot of things with our customers as well, that, you know, shipments of water, 
that that we'll supply and bring into areas. But uh, you, you'd see our drivers getting engaged in ways uh, to to help uh, to help move freight above and beyond anything that that they'd ever be asked to do by us. And it makes you very proud that that our very first driver and the example he set is being carried on and lived out by you know our. 4,500 drivers that we have today. So that's something that, from where I am, makes me very proud about the legacy. And, and more than anything, I, wanted, I, I want to find a way to foster it and continue the, the example that, that our founders set. Oh, that's great. In fact, this brings us full circle. Let me ask this final question, which is we began talking a lot about technology. And technology is great. But as you just mentioned, you have a lot of ambassadors for Rulon out there. You're drivers. They're out in the community. People see them. People interact with them. How important is it to have that human element of, of so many ambassadors for Rulon out there representing you, doing the kind of things you just spoke of? How critical is that to Rulon's continued success? It's, uh, it is, again, foundational. We, we mm -hmm. Every year, again, as part of these July events, we are one of the best times of our year is our, our anniversary events because what we're able to do during that time, of course, you, you may imagine with over 4,000 drivers, I don't get to see, I don't get to see our drivers nearly as much as I, I would like to. During that anniversary set of events, we're able to bring in some of our very best performing drivers into. Des Moines, we actually, we actually hold some of our celebration and recognition events with them at the World Food Prize building, so they, they're able to get a sense of our history. But as you hear about these individuals, again, you would be incredibly proud to have them in your organization uh, because we hear about them from our customers and the work that they do uh, and, and the ways in which they know how our customers business works, they know how their deliveries need to work, uh, our drivers know our customers' customers. And our mm. cu customers, you know, oftentimes are either specifically requesting that Ruan make the delivery and only Ruan, or sometimes through, they may be saying, Ruan's driver, Paul, needs to make this delivery to us. <laughs> right. He knows how to get in and out of our facility. He knows all of our people. He knows the way to do it safely and efficiently better than anybody else. So you mentioned technology. I, I, I think most of us in the industry think it's going to take a very, very, very long time, if ever, that that type of customer service and that type mm -hmm. of excellence is, you know, could, be, could be automated. Uh, so I, I think you, you'd, you'd see that more and more often. But what is important about some of that technology in the truck is it's keeping our drivers safer. Mm -hmm. It's making the job easier. Um, it's, I've shared with some drivers about that collision avoidance technology uh, because really we, we've seen it at this point already completely you know, avoid uh, serious accidents on the road. And I've just shared that may be a technology that one of our professional drivers only needs for three or five seconds in their whole career. But when they need it, you know, we'll have made those investments. So if anything, right. we're seeing some of those technology advancements really, really um, improve safety and make the job easier. Uh, but I, I would tell you that as you look at our guiding principles and our culture, you know, we are very much about people. And yeah. people will, will, and great drivers will invariably be a part of, of what we do for 
I'm sure for my for my career and and long beyond. Hey Ben, this was fantastic. I really had a lot of fun uh, learning a little more about Run, which I said I already know a lot about because you guys are just a fantastic organization. So thanks a lot for taking some time with us. We really appreciate it, and good luck in the future. Thank you for having me very much. I appreciate that. Thanks, Ben.